When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. <laughs> You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put down a deposit, you could get up to $1,000 in free plays. Now joined by the great Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, I am Mike Luke. How you doing, Aaron? Mike, I'm good. Um, first of all, that intro got me fired up, man. That intro yeah. got me fired up. What kind of membership perks do I get if I sign up? How does that I'm work? You, that's, I'm telling you, that's why you got to do it. You've been on DraftKings as well. You know what's, go- you know what's going on in there. But uh, with PHNX, telling you one-stop shop, and everybody there is a big Aaron Torres fan. Oh, okay. Well, then All I'm right. a big fan of of uh, of your show. I'm always a big fan of you, but I'm a big fan of the show too. And everybody that uh, is taking time to listen, I obviously appreciate uh, everyone's support in Arizona. And uh, excited to talk to you, man. How you been? Not too bad. Not too bad. Now, were you down? Were you covering a little recruiting? Yeah, covering is a little aggressive. Um, okay. You know, I I just like to go. And have kind of a, a baseline surface line of who are the really good players in high school basketball. Um, and so there was an, there is the Adidas championships down in uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, really actually was surprised by the turnout. Um, you know, when I was there, uh, I'm trying to think. It was actually a lot of East Coast coaches, which kind of surprised me. Right. Uh, Chris Beard was there. Eric Musselman from Arkansas. Bruce Pearl from Auburn. Nate Oates from Alabama. Scott Drew. Mark Few. Uh, I did see assistance from USC, UCLA. I, I, I was told there were some Arizona guys there. I don't know. I didn't see anybody there, but uh, it was a cr- it was a great event. Um, and yeah, yeah, I was down there. Like I said, covering is a little aggressive. There are guys that do that for a living that have way uh, smarter opinions on recruiting than I am. But like I said, I like to get down to as many events as I can and just get kind of a surface level understanding of who are going to be the good players in college basketball uh, in a year or two. How about perusing? Is that better? Perusing. There was some perusal. Perusal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a little networking, a little schmoozing, some mm-hmm. elbow rubbing maybe. <laughs> um, 
but yes, but yeah, it, it was awesome and uh, it was fun and uh, yeah, and I appreciate. I see the comments starting to roll in, so so thank you to everybody who's been so supportive of me. I appreciate it. There's a lot of people here. You're a big, you're a, a lot of fans here of you in uh, Tucson, Aaron. Obviously, nationally as well. I wanted to ask you though. So let's talk a little bit about the Pac-12 and the conference and whatnot. What was your first thought when you heard that USC and UCLA were bolting to the Big Ten? You know, I think the best way I heard it phrased was Brady Quinn, who does work for Fox Sports. I heard him say this on an interview. He said, I was surprised I wasn't shocked. And I think we all hate where this is going. Um, I think we all know where it's going. We don't like it. Um, we don't like it because if, if somebody's listening to this podcast, they're obviously a U of A fan, uh, love college sports. And I think a lot of the reasons that we love college sports are slowly starting to be kind of torn away from us. And I hate to say it, but it's a sad reality. Right. And so, you know, it, it didn't surprise me or maybe, maybe what I, to, to reference the initial quote, it didn't shock me because I don't think anything in realignment shocks me anymore i mean when you're talking about texas and oklahoma blowing up the big 12 uh for their own benefit by the way oklahoma leaving behind oklahoma state when you're talking about losing oklahoma nebraska as a football rivalry we lost texas texas a&m we're going to get it back we've lost the backyard brawl we've lost syracuse yukon my alma mater and our biggest rival in basketball nothing surprises me nothing shocks me anymore um, but it was a little surprising. And, and, you know, I think Mike, in hindsight, I'm kind of mad that I, I couldn't sniff it out sooner. Not because right, anybody knew, but because the TV contracts were coming up, the big 10 was dragging their feet. The PAC 12 couldn't get commitments. And I think we all should have been a little bit more on our toes that something could be happening. Shame on me for not kind of figuring it out sooner. Well, let me ask you this. Can the Pac-12 survive without the two L.A. schools? And what I mean by that is you hear these schools being bandied around like, you know, a San Diego State and SMU of Fresno State. Those are pennies on the dollar to what you just lost right there. Well, a thousand percent. I think something and, and I know that there's a lot of people, uh, you know, in your guys community, especially in Tucson. You know, I've seen Jason Shear uh, mm-hmm. is all over this story, as well as so many others. Jason's a good friend of mine. I know he's yep. a good friend of yours, too. Yep. Um you know, the Pac-12 can survive. Um, it's not going to be what it was, just like the Big 12, if it doesn't take any other schools uh, other than the four that they've already announced. Um, it, it's a conference. It's survived, but right. it's not what it was without Texas and Oklahoma. And I think the more interesting thing, and I think Jason's been pretty ahead on this, and I think I've, you know, in my coverage have been ahead, and I think some people are starting to catch up. It's hard to know, one, if the Pac-12 will survive, And two, what its future is, because it's this chicken and the egg thing going on right now. And I know you know, and I think most of your audience knows, but it's a chicken and the egg thing of everybody kind of wants to commit to something without being fully committed, you know? And so I I was asked about this actually at the Adidas event, the AAU event I just referenced. It's it's all anybody wants to talk about, especially those in the Pac-12 and Big 12 footprint. Um, But if you're Arizona, and I think obviously Arizona is a big inflection point for the future of the conference, something that Jason has said, something that I've said, something that I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've said, Michael, is the idea of, I think Arizona, if they had their druthers, would love to stay with the other nine schools that they've been with historically and what what we called the Pac-12 is now the Pac-10. Right. But how can you commit 
when you know that Oregon's kind of got one foot out the door if the Big Ten calls. Uh, Washington wants to follow them. I think Stanford believes that they're in good position if Notre Dame ever decides to join a conference in football. So it's this weird, again, I think the only term that I can think to use is chicken and the egg thing of everybody wants everybody right. wants somebody else to do something for them without them having to be the ones to commit. And I think that's what's kind of been the fascinating to watch fascinating thing to watch from a thirty thousand foot view. And I think the one thing that's also fascinating is that you hear like you hear all this stuff that's being leaked, that's being reported, probably from anonymous conference presidents. Ray Anderson went on where he says, you know, basically bashing the Big Twelve, the Pac twelve has all these virtues of staying with it. My question would be if it is that if it's if it's that simple then why isn't a deal done? Why isn't why are why are we just talking about this? It doesn't seem to me that if it was that simple that you know you would be leaking stuff, you would just get it done. I think it goes back to what I just said. I mean, yeah. how do you get anybody to commit when nobody else is willing to commit? You know, and, and again, I I just again, I think Arizona's the inflection point, right? I mean, right. I think if Arizona knew that Oregon is here to use a, a term we can all wrap our heads around till death do us part or over a significant stretch of time, 10 years, 12 years, where they're in an ironclad contract that they cannot get out of, um, then I think we would have a Pac-10 with, as you said, maybe a San Diego State, maybe a UNLV, maybe a Fresno as the, the schools that you referenced a minute ago, Mike. But nobody wants to make that commitment, at least not that I know of. And right. so – um, and so it's, it's just this weird time and it's a weird space. And frankly, it's quintessential college sports in 2022 where, um, everybody's looking out for their own best interests. Um, nobody really cares about what anybody else wants. Nobody's really willing to commit to everybody else. Everybody's saying the right things right. publicly while doing the dance behind the scenes. So it's, it's a disappoint. It's just a disappointing, sad time to, to go back to what I said, a, a bunch to start the segment, Mike, um, it's just, you know, a lot of the things that we loved about, we love and loved previously mm -hmm. about college sports, I think are slowly starting. It's kind of like sand falling through our fingertips. All right. I want to ask you a little bit about the Pac-12 network here in just a second. But if you wanted to bet on all of this, I don't know that there's a betting line, but the place you would go, Aaron, would be the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's where you want to hop on, code word PHNX. You got, uh, right now, you put down a deposit, you can get up to $1,000 in free plays, 21 and up, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. But Aaron, I know you mess around with DraftKings Sportsbook a little bit as well. So, you know, good things right there from the people up there. Well, I, I I bet on a lot of things. I don't know that I would bet on the future of the Pac-12 right now, though. I, is he, you know, right. I might, you know, it depends on what the line was, but uh, you know, I'd have to get pretty significant, you know, plus money to uh, to to bet on the Pac-12's future here. So. I would a hundred percent as well. All right, again, DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX. Aaron, let me. I wanted to ask you about the Pac-12 network here, and I've had quite a few people uh, ask me to ask you about this, and there's one point that's been brought up multiple times, and I wanted to get your take on. When it was announced that USC and UCLA were leaving, and I remember this because every you put on the Big Ten Network, immediately it cuts to live interviews. You've got LeVar Arrington, or you've got multiple ex-Big Ten players talking live. You go to the Pac-12 Network, and it is a rerun of rowing. And then three hours later, you're like, all right, well, they'll get somebody together. They still don't have anybody together. It was like it didn't happen. What... If there's a if there is just can the Pac-12 survive with a TV network that is so far behind it seemingly the rest of the conferences? Well, I don't know 
what the future of the Pac-12 network is. I mean, I've heard differing things about what the realistic expectations are. Right. Um, and it certainly can't survive if there's no Pac-12, which, right. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll sure. see. So, no, I mean, I listen, it speaks to the incompetence of, of the leadership. And I think George Klyakov has been better. Um, you know, the one thing I would say is, you know, Mike, it, it's funny, right? I think a lot of the reason – you know, maybe a huge reason that Arizona fans even know who I am, let alone, I think, like me, is I'm not somebody that falls into easy, uh, you know, digested, you know, digestible narratives. Right. Uh, you know, I try to look at all the facts individually and blah, 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 this and that. Yeah. Why I bring it up is because there are some times where it's impossible to disagree with the common sentiment. And the common sentiment is, even though he's been out of office for a year, a lot of this is because of Larry Scott, and it's something that I happen to agree with. This is right. not one where I'm going to go out on an island uh, by myself and and you know defend the undefendable. Um, but no, I mean I think the, the 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 example that you used is everything that's been wrong with the Pac-12 is wrong with the Pac-12, um, and it speaks to why the Pac-12 has fallen behind. And it starts with leadership, and it starts at the top. It was interesting this week to just watch the the SEC media days, and I didn't watch wall to wall, minute to minute. But the number of coaches that referenced, you know, the leadership of Greg Sankey, I feel we feel right. yeah. like we couldn't be in a better spot. And you know, I that that permeates throughout the league, not just publicly but privately as well. Um, and and so to not have that leadership, to not have somebody. Um, you know, I, it's just, I, you know, Mike, we could go on forever about Larry yeah. Scott, but it's just, you know, it's funny. It's just, you think about all these different things. I mean, I think back to COVID um, when the big 10 decides that they're going to play the big 10 cancels and the PAC 12 right. cancels right behind them. And then the big 12 uh, big 10 decides to return and the PAC 12 is all of a sudden oh, scrambling. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. But I don't think even a lot of people might remember this, but you know, Larry Scott had this public thing of, well, you know, we can't play sports because the the government officials won't let us uh, congregate and blah 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 blah. Right. And then the gov- and then and, you know, listen, I'll criticize Gavin Newsom till the till the wa- till the cow come home. But his his office releases a statement saying nobody ever asked us. We can make an exception. And so it's like, Larry Scott, what are you doing? Like, I'm not going to sit here and defend Gavin Newsom. But when he never even had the foresight, knowing, you know, even at the time that you could, could kind of see the momentum coming, that the uh, you could kind of see the momentum coming that the bit that the Pac-12 or that the Big Ten was going to come back. You'd think he might have tried to call the governor's office in California just to say, hey. Are we going to be allowed to play football? What are we going to do? So that's just an example of many of just the incompetence. And then the the Pac-12 network reference that you just made a minute ago, Mike, it speaks to how far behind this league has fallen um, and and why we're in the predicament that we are now. All right. From a gel, from a uh, envy perspective, I'll say this. I know I've heard it a million times and it's true that college football runs everything. It's not necessarily basketball. It's football. That's the lion's share of the pie. But in Tucson, as you know, basketball is what people really care about. And again, that's a big reason that you are such an icon here in the Tucson community. I'm not even kidding to you about that. I mean, you are beloved. If you you ever come here, you should just sit with the fans right there. I mean, seriously. Like... I did go to a game this yep. past year, but it was kind of low key. I wasn't, right. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't walking around like a presidential candidate shaking hands and kissing babies or anything like that. So, um, but Arizona in the Big Twelve, just from a basketball perspective, yeah. is all kinds of fun. 
because you would have a, and maybe it might even be the best conference in the country if it comes to basketball, because you would have Kansas, you would have Baylor, you would have Arizona, you would have Houston, you would have Texas Tech, you would have Cincinnati. You would have a, a ton of different teams that even in the past five or six years have competed for final four bursts, been right there, or like Kansas have won a national championship or Baylor the year before. It becomes a real, it becomes a massive basketball conference if Arizona's injected into it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the, the 10 teams in the Big 12 right now think they're the best conference in college basketball. And I think they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody in the league thinks when Texas and Oklahoma are replaced by the schools that you mentioned, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF, not really UCF from a basketball perspective, right. but I think they believe the basketball will be even better when Texas mm-hmm. and Oklahoma leave. And then if you add Arizona, uh, you add Colorado, which has been a pretty regular tournament yeah. team under Tad Boyle. Um, even Utah, you know, I like Craig Smith. I like what he has the potential to do there. Um, all of a sudden, and, and we won't talk about ASU, but, right. uh, but you know, it's already, it's already the best conference. They think they're going to get better without what could potentially be the four corner schools. And so you think about what it would be like with the four corner schools, or if somehow Oregon and, and Washington came along, I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt. And I think that's, you know, it, it's interesting, right. To, to kind of follow, realignment from a distance. And I think there's obviously certain programs that are very concerned about their present and future. Um, I don't know if uh, there's enough Washington state or Oregon state fans to, to, you know, I don't know their fan base. I'm guessing they're very worried right now, but it feels like Arizona is one of those schools that feels like, you know what, we're going to be okay some way, somehow because, and and tell me if I'm wrong, if I, if that's not the sentiment, yeah, that from a distance, it feels like Arizona is sitting here saying, we're either going to stay with these 10 in the, the pack, whatever, and figure out a way to make it work, or we're going to end up in what you just said, Mike, the best uh, basketball conference in America. And so right. it, it's an interesting dynamic of, of how every individual school is in kind of a different spot. It's ironic. You know, we talked about this last time, but my alma mater, UConn, is in a crazy spot because they're in the Big East. They still have this independent football program, but now it's kind of like if the ACC somehow sent, it, sent out an invite, would you even want to join um, and so I think UConn thinks they're in a pretty good position as well. So I'm, I, nobody cares about UConn on this podcast. I get it. I respect it. Jim Calhoun, um, the most underrated college basketball coach in history. I can easily make the case that he's one of the five best coaches. So you can talk all the Jim Calhoun, UConn you want right here. I think we did do all, I think yeah. we did that segment last time. Yep. It was the, you know, your, your, your listeners probably tuned it all off, but no, we talked about the parallels between Calhoun and, and Olson and, and, you know, underrated historically program builders, all that stuff. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is it is been, it has been interesting to watch from a distance is, you know, and again, knowing the Arizona community, knowing you guys that cover the team, seeing the engagement with the fans, it does feel like a lot of fans feel very comfortable with where they are and where they're going to end up. They being the Arizona Wildcats. All right, uh, AZ Wildcats podcast is also brought to you by Four Peaks Brewery. You can enter their toast mm-hmm. sweepstakes at gophnx.com. Must be 21 or older. Enjoy responsibly. And a new sponsor that we got right here, FOCO, the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. First time I've read this one. FOCO has got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Head over to FOCO.com and click the link below. Put in PHNX for 10% off. Sorry I had to read that. That was my first time doing that one. Um, By the way, Jake Voskel for life just came up right here. 
Ooh. You know that you go deep right here. Okay. That is the UConn legend right there. So with, so looking, for, looking forward then, a lot of people wonder what the state – is Oregon as big an entity in the college athletic world as maybe Oregon or some people think? And the reason I ask that is nobody really knows, but it doesn't seem right now like the Big Ten is super interested in getting Oregon. It feels like they might be a little bit more interested there. And if they do stay in the Pac-10 – does Oregon deserve to be able to get a slice that isn't the revenue sharing of the TV deal because they're the big dog? Or is the Nike thing maybe a little bit overstated at this point? Yeah, it's really interesting to the first question. Um, you know, I was filling in a ton on Fox Sports Radio. right. At, this news obviously broke right before the July 4th holiday. And I was on doing extra shifts. And I think having my background in college sports – hosting with with guys and girls that don't have as much of a college sports background. I think people were blown away that Oregon wasn't included in this mix. And, and you know, I don't have the data in front of me, but right. it doesn't surprise me that they don't move the needle the way that I think the average fan would. Now, a lot of the lower level, um, you know, realignment stuff, I think, has to do with who's good right now in this moment. You know, I think the reason – Houston or a Cincinnati or a UCF is, is going to the big 12 is because at this particular moment, they offered something to the big 12, same with TCU when they joined the conference a million years ago, same with whatever Boston college, when they went to the ACC, Miami, et cetera. Right. The high level stuff though. And I know you know this, but just for the audience is it really does come down to, are you a massive brand that moves the needle in football? And right. Texas and Oklahoma do that for the SEC. USC and UCLA are such a big TV market that it can't be denied. But Oregon, listen, most of their true success is really over about the last, what, 15, 20 years. I know they made a Rose Bowl in 94 or whatever. But, you know, really the last 15, probably last probably 10 years, really. Um, Chip Kelly's the, really when they became elite, elite, yeah. Yeah, multiple national title game appearances, all that stuff. Um but it's not historically what it is, and obviously it's not a, a massive fan base. It's not a state with a massive population. There isn't a massive city center. So to answer your question, I, I really I don't think it moves the needle the way that people right. think. Right. Um, what was the second question, Mike? I apologize. Um, where hold on, what was the second question? Well, basically, it's just Oregon. It was just kind of dovetailed into that. Is Oregon just basically not what people think they are? Yeah. And are people just looking at it strictly from the Nike brand? Because in my opinion, I agree with if if they were that big of an entity, yeah. I believe that you would hear things about other conferences basically begging Oregon to come there because on the on the surface level, oh, it's Nike, it's Phil Knight. But you do wonder if maybe there's a little bit more to it because there doesn't seem to be a ton of interest right there. And oh, and that's that was my second question. How does that factor in then to to a new Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it's going to be, TV deal? If Oregon says, hey, we want 15 percent, we want 20 yeah. percent of the entire TV. Are, are they in a position to be able to say that? Yeah, you talked about revenue sharing. Yeah, or you know, revenue differentiators. Right. I'll, I'll be honest; I'm not smart enough to know right. that. Um, I will say though, you know, I, it's tough because Arizona, Oregon, excuse me, is in kind of this precarious situation where, again, to go back to everything that we've talked about, if they were willing to commit, I suspect if they were really, really willing to plant their flag, I think everybody would would commit around them. But they're not. But I don't know if that doesn't necessarily justify them 
asking for a bigger piece of the pie. Now, I do think that is why UCLA and USC left. I mean, you know, it's interesting because even dating back to the pre-Larry Scott days, um, you know, when <clears throat> excuse me, when it was the Pac-10 Pac prior to Utah, Colorado, that was the setup. If you were on national TV in a time where not everybody was on national TV every week, you got a bigger cut of the pie. So right. it was advantageous for USC and UCLA specifically to stay affiliated with the Pac with the Pac-10, now Pac-12, now Pac-10 again. So I don't know, you know, I think that's a big reason why UCLA and USC left. And I that's one thing I can't speak to is at the highest levels of the 10 remaining schools if that is a concession that Oregon State, Arizona State Colorado, Utah, Washington right. State would be willing to make. Um, you know, I would hope for the sake of everybody they might be willing to, but I can't. I can't. That's something I can't speak to in terms of having any knowledge of of if it will happen or if it's realistic or not. All right. In a second, we're going to ask Aaron about how he sees USC and UCLA faring, and a little bit of Tommy Lloyd, obviously. But again, DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX. All right, Aaron. How do you, if you were to wager, and again, it's just a vague wager, how do you think USC and UCLA are going to do football-wise in the Big Ten if you were on that DraftKings Sportsbook app and you had the ability to look five years into the future? Well, it'll be interesting. Um, listen, I mean, USC, we know what the upside is. They just haven't been uh, there uh, over the last couple of years. By the way, don't cut my feed, but – I, I, I forgot that I'm wearing a USC shirt uh, as I did the interview. I scrambled right. back into the house and I didn't even realize I was wearing it. I'm not a USC fan. I just have it. Um, so listen, I, I mean, it, it's funny. I was wearing it today and I ran into an SC fan and uh, he didn't know who I was or anything. But what do you think of the team? Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I think right now it's easy to buy the Lincoln Riley Kool-Aid, but I do still think they're probably a year or two away from really competing at the highest levels. Um, you know, nine and three feels about right to me this year. Now, Ken, now I, I think that they have as much upside as anybody not named Ohio State once they get there. The UCLA thing, what I think will be very, very, very interesting is, and it's, and I equate it to me living in LA. Um, you know, the San Diego, the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers have essentially played 16 to 17 neutral site games since yes. they got to Los Angeles. Right. Um, and I kind of wonder if that's what it's going to be like with UCLA. Now, I understand why UCLA did it. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. But when a big part of the reason why is because of how appealing it will be for visiting fans to visit your stadium, right. I think it's kind of a recipe for disaster, right? I right. mean, if, if a big part of the reason is obviously the TV money, but you're also banking on being able to sell twenty to 30,000 tickets to – Iowa fans and Penn State fans and Ohio State fans. And, you know, I can say, again, I, I live in Southern California. There is a huge Michigan alumni base here. There is a huge Wisconsin alumni base here. Ohio State has fans everywhere. Um, I just don't think playing 12 neutral site or true road games every year because there aren't going to be 20,000 UCLA fans when they go to sure. Iowa or Wisconsin or Indiana or wherever. So to me um, – I think their situation is much more precarious. Now, I think USC, if they're good, they can get 80,000 SC fans in the in the LA Coliseum, rock out on a Saturday night against Michigan or Ohio State. I don't know that UCLA will ever have 70 or 75,000 UCLA fans at the Rose Bowl unless the team is awesome. 
And again, to use, I guess, what's a theme in our conversation, the chicken and the egg thing. Um, how do you get people in the stadium if you're not good? How do you right. get how do you get good if you can't get people to the stadium? It seems like a, a, a tricky proposition. So I think UCLA is in a much more precarious spot where I think they're kind of going to kind of be in the Big Ten, what they are in the Pac-12. Um, you know, get bowl eligible. I, you know, I, I think Chip Kelly is actually doing a pretty good job uh, coming off and I think a nine win season last year, mm -hmm. eight and four, I think it was, was, was the final right. uh, didn't play in their bowl game. But uh, you know, I just think when you're asking your team to play again for the third time, 12, either road or neutral site games, I think that's a lot to ask. All right. Moving over to Arizona basketball a little bit. So, you know, obviously Tommy Lloyd, you know, that was, a, they hit the ball out of the park. That was an awesome hire, obviously pressed all the right buttons immediately. You got to give Sean Miller a lot of credit too, because he put that roster together. A lot of people have been wondering, well, can Tommy Lloyd recruit? And you're looking right now, again, Kylan Boswell reclassified five-star point guard. He's going to be on the roster this year. But you're looking at a 2023 class where you're probably going to have a top five kid in Kwame Evans Jr. committing here shortly. You've already got K.J. Lewis, a top 40 kid. I, I think this year is kind of the transition year in that I think Arizona is a top 25 team. But I, think it's, I don't think they have the firepower to win the national championship. But they have the potential to return almost everybody. And again, I get that it's precarious. It's college sports. But there's not that no-duh NBA guy. You could be looking at that one awesome matchup going into Cameron Indoor Stadium to start that 2023 season right there, Aaron. Oh, if everybody comes back for the following season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, I would just say, you know, a couple things really stand out is I think like you said is that it was hard for, for Coach Lloyd and his staff, I assume, I haven't talked to anybody, but to recruit the 2022 class, getting there in April, right. don't have a – you say you're going to play a certain way, but who really knows? Well, it seems like they're off to a great start in 2023. I know Boswell reclassified, but ironically, I mentioned I was in Tucson for a game. The game that I was at, uh, Kylan Boswell was visiting, and and mm -hmm. you know they obviously couldn't say it publicly at the time, but privately being around that staff, you could see how important that that week was right. to make sure that they put their best foot forward. Obviously, KJ Lewis, I saw him at Pangos All American Camp a few months ago. I thought he was a really really good player. That's going to be a good multi year college player. And then obviously, as you mentioned, KJ Lewis or KJ, KJ Evans, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, I'm tripping up over here. Oh, you're getting um, a lot of KJs. Yeah, no, he, he's another excellent player as well. So I think the recruiting is really going to take off because I think now you have that sample size of this is who we are, this is how we play. Um, and then, you know, Tommy's always going to supplement with some international kids. I'd be lying. I, you know, I, I know that I think it was Gavoni or Jonathan Gavoni or somebody said that the big kid is the best international prospect uh, coming Lisa. to college this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I can't sit here and pretend to be an international recruiting guru, but you know, you, you have that foreign influx. You obviously have, I think they're going to recruit really well domestically. And then the portal is always going to be a thing. And, and whether it's a year where you, you have a last minute loss like Dale and Terry, and you have to replace him with a guy like Courtney Ramey, who I think is going to be awesome mm -hmm. for the Wildcats next year, or whether it's a year where you, you know, you're going to lose guys and maybe you have to plug holes that way. Listen, this is the new world. We all saw, uh, well, whatever it was on Thursday, the report, not the report, the announcement from the NCAA that the one-time transfer has now become the unlimited transfer rule. So right. this is the world that we live in. Um, and I think Tommy's young. I think he's going to adjust. But when you have those three things, and he he's, I, I think it's indisputable, the best international recruiter going, 
Arizona is a brand that sells sells itself kind of on the um, you know domestic level. And then again, I think it's going to be a very appealing to place to play for transfers. I think it sets up for a very bright future for Arizona, uh, even if, as you said, I think maybe this coming year the ceiling isn't quite as high as it was a year ago. He's Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio. Aaron, what do you got on the what do you got on the hopper right now before we sign off? What do you got going on? You know, I'm well. What I got on the hopper right now is uh, some lunch. I'm actually very hungry, so I'm glad you're letting me go. I appreciate that. Uh, but no, man. You know, it's just kind of it. You know, it's weird because I, I think. The, the, the casual, if you will, would think that this is a slow time. But with the media days, it feels like football's right here. And then with basketball, um, you know, let's be honest, the recruiting's really going to ramp up here over the next two, three weeks. And I'm really excited. So I'm excited. Um, you know, I said it on my Fox Sports radio show. I said it on my podcast. I think college sports, college basketball, college football, they're starting to have that NFL 365 days a year feel to it right. where – the season goes into portal season, portal season goes into, from a basketball perspective, recruiting. Obviously, it overlaps with portal season in football with media days that are now going. And so football's, you know, it's here. Um, and then basketball, as you know, uh, isn't far behind, Mike. Right. I was going to say it makes it easier for us because we got a lot yes. more content than to deal with. So I'll so take much. it. But Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio again. Can't thank you enough for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Mike, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate everything you do for me. Uh, go Cats, and we'll talk soon, okay? All right, give me a call. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. 